This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, August 27th. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Rachel Del Judas. Riots have been ongoing in Portland since the death of George Floyd on May 25th. Is there an end in sight? Laura Reese, a senior research fellow for Homeland Security at the Heritage Foundation, joins me on the podcast to discuss. Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. Two people are dead and another badly wounded after a third night of violence Tuesday and into Wednesday morning in Kenosha, Wisconsin, following the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man. A video posted on Twitter by Brendan Gutenschwager shows a man with a long gun being chased down the street Tuesday night. The man stumbles and falls and fires his weapon multiple times at those pursuing him, resulting in the death of two individuals and the injury of a third. Police in Antioch, Illinois, arrested the 17-year-old boy allegedly associated with the shooting on Wednesday morning. The Wisconsin arrest warrant charges the teen with first-degree intentional homicide. According to investigators, the violence may have erupted from a conflict between rioters and self-styled militia guarding local businesses. The mother of Jacob Blake, Julia Jackson, the 29-year-old man who was shot multiple times by police Sunday in Kenosha, Wisconsin, had harsh words for rioters in an interview with CNN's Don Lemon, and also apologized to President Trump for missing his phone call. Here's what she said via CNN. The the destruction that that has been taking place in cities across the country and in uh, in Kenosha, I heard you, you speak about that. And my question is, you said that you don't want that in Jacob's name and neither would he. Tell me more about that, please. Absolutely not. My family and I are very hurt and quite frankly disgusted. And as his mother, please don't burn up property and cause havoc and tear your own homes down in my son's name. You shouldn't do it. People shouldn't do it anyway. But to use my child or any other mother or father's child, our tragedy, to react in that manner is just not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And it's not helping Jacob. It's not helping Jacob or any other of the men or women who has suffered in these areas. Do you have anything to say, Ms. Jackson, to the politicians who are out there or do anything you want to say <laughs> to the presidents or the candidates or to Trump or Biden or anything like that? For, for our President Trump, um, first, I want to say a family member, and I don't know if it was heard or not, said something that was um, not kind. She is hurting, and um, I do apologize for that. Our outburst that does not reflect um, our behavior. And then also for President Trump, um, I'm sorry I missed your call, because had I not missed your call, maybe the comments that you made would have been different, and 
I'm not mad at you at all. Hmm. I have most respect for you as the leader of our country. Um, like I said before, and I'm not saying this to him directly, we should always get the details from the right source before we start throwing bricks. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers turned down federal assistance to put down the violence in Kenosha. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and President Trump spoke with Evers on Tuesday and offered federal assistance. Evers turned down the help because he had already increased National Guard members from 125 to 250. Britt Kudabak, a spokeswoman for Evers, said the governor informed them that we would be increasing Wisconsin National Guard support in Kenosha and therefore would not need federal assistance in response to protests, but would welcome additional federal support and resources for our state's response to COVID-19. Meadows joined Fox News' Tucker Carlson on Tuesday night and lamented Evers' choice not to allow the federal government to provide the city with more support to end the violence. Meadows said, you have to make sure you have enough people on the ground to not let the rioting go. Listen, we have a First Amendment right that allows you to peacefully protest, but you do not have a First Amendment right to loot and to riot. A U.S. appeals court in Richmond, Virginia, has sided with a transgender student who was born female and now identifies as male in a suit against the Gloucester County School Board, ruling that the school acted wrongly in not allowing the student, born a girl, to use the boys' bathroom. The Fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled Wednesday 2-1 that the student, Gavin Grimm, who sued the school in 2015, is protected under federal law that bans discrimination in regards to sex and education as well as the Constitution's mandate that people be treated equally under the law, Reuters reported. Black Lives Matter demonstrators accosted outdoor diners in Washington, D.C. on Monday. A large crowd of protesters approached restaurant patrons eating outside and demanded they raise their fists in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Multiple videos of the chaos went viral on social media Tuesday and showed the demonstrators chanting white silence is violence and no justice, no peace. The protests became hostile when diners would not raise their fists. Lauren Victor, one of the diners who refused to raise her fist, even while a woman shouted it in her face, asking accusingly if she was a Christian, told the Washington Post that something felt wrong about being forced to raise her fist, but said she has been marching with protesters for weeks and is very much with them. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Laura Reese on the ongoing rioting in Portland. Do you have an interest in public policy? Do you want to hear some of the biggest names in American politics speak? Every day, the Heritage Foundation hosts webinars called Heritage Events Live. Webinar topics range from ethics during the COVID-19 pandemic to the CARES Act and the economy. These webinars are free and open to the public. 
To find the latest webinars and register, visit heritage.org events. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Laura Reese. She's a Senior Research Fellow for Homeland Security at the Heritage Foundation. Laura, it's great to have you back on the Daily Signal podcast. Uh, thank you for having me again. Well, thanks for being with us. When we had you on the podcast at the end of July, uh, we were talking about what was happening in Portland, the riots there. Can you give us an update? Has any of the violence subsided in the past weeks? It's still going on. It tends to move around the city. Uh, Looking at today's Portland police report, for example, uh, it talks about rioters and arsonists attempting to set City Hall on fire. And uh, the Portland police are really strapped. They are, they're low in numbers. Uh, the police department has said they, they had only 30 officers available for uh, protest because they are also having to protect their own police precinct buildings where those buildings are also under attack. Um, and unfortunately, the Oregon State Police have, have left Portland because they were so frustrated that the district attorney there is uh, refusing to prosecute these rioters who the police are arresting. So the Oregon State Police have moved their resources to back to counties where they say you know, prosecution of criminal conduct is still a priority. Have there been any sort of reaction to that from the media there, or even from citizens? Because that is a big deal. I think slowly uh, more Americans and and are speaking up about this. And thank goodness for, you know, the citizen journalists who are out there in far too few number, but showing what's really going on. But little by little, um, I think more mainstream media is starting to realize that um, this is getting out of control. I mean, for, for example, just I believe it was yesterday on CNN, uh, Don Lemon said, the riots now have to stop because they're showing up in the polls and in focus groups, which is quite an admission, but also uh, very perverse. Uh, He's not saying it has to stop because lives and businesses are being destroyed. Uh, He's saying it has to stop because the left is being hurt politically. It's it's sick. Well, given that uh, these riots now have been going on for three months now, what do you think is the driving force behind the continued violence? Again, I think there is uh, there are organized groups who that are well funded and that um, are keeping this going, and that are arming these very angry, young, um, violent rioters. Whether it's Antifa, it's Black Lives Matter, um, it's unorganized entities, and it's just individuals. It's it's kind of a cauldron, a variety of of people committing these acts. Um, they seem intent on doing this up until the election and then depending on the results of the election beyond if they don't get the uh, results that they want. It will be interesting to watch given Don Lemon's account uh, statement yesterday. Will this simmer down at all? Well, given uh, Laura, you mentioned Antifa. What is going on with Antifa specifically? Has the situation developed with them? Have they been emboldened, would you say? Uh, Looking at from when the riots started to right now and Antifa's involvement, how would you say on a scale, uh, have they gotten less intense or have they just become more and more um, bold? They've become more bold because the political leaders have been so passive about it and, and permissive. And if there aren't consequences for these actions, 
the riots will continue and they will escalate. And we do see escalation here. We see people being seriously hurt and even killed. And um, until the leadership brings a stop to it and restores order by letting the police do their jobs, by reinforcing them with uh, National Guard, et cetera, this will continue to escalate. And I have to note an excellent piece uh, by my colleague uh, today by Jim Carafano. Uh, it's called Five Reasons Radicals Are Emboldened, and it's on foxnews.com. And it's really worth a, a good read. And it talks about um, these groups being emboldened because the le local officials are failing us, the media is failing us, and uh, politicians have failed us. Well, Fox News had a piece out on Wednesday with the headline, Portland Police Declare Riot After Protesters Break Windows, Enter City Hall. Are these riots, Laura, as they're happening, it seems, and as you've said, that Portland law enforcement haven't been able to get it under control, even as they're now giving the admonition that these events are riots? The police, several nights now, have declared riots. They've declared unlawful assemblies. Um, but it, it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, they, the violence occurs each night. Some arrests are made, um, but they continue the next night. And we know that some of these rogue prosecutors are not prosecuting them for the crimes they're committing, and, and they're just going back out onto the street the next day. And so this is a, a never-ending cycle until uh, leadership is uh, exercised and a real police presence can bring this to a stop. Laura, what would you say about the response of the governor uh, of Oregon, Kate Brown? So, for example, yesterday she said, or she tweeted, it's time for the violence and vandalism to end uh, so Portland can focus on important work to be done to achieve real change for racial justice. This has been going on under her leadership, or lack of leadership, for nearly three months. I'm not sure why now she's just saying it's time for the violence to end and the vandalism to end. It's been quite clear that none of this violence has advanced uh, racial justice or helped a black life. Um, it has been damaging communities and businesses. Um, so it's unfortunately too little too late, but hopefully we'll see that uh, these leaders will start uh, letting law enforcement do their jobs so that they can restore order. What about the response of the state and local leaders in Oregon? It seems to be quiet. I mean, hopefully they're turning the corner. Hopefully they're realizing, you know, enough is enough. Um, but again, these night after night after night for almost three months, it's still going on. So uh, we're not seeing the results yet. Well, Oregon Public Broadcasting had a piece out this week that was headlined, Portland's protests three months in, no end in sight. Laura, do you see an end in sight, and what would that look like? I don't see an end in sight. It would look like a, a one night without riots, without this violence, and then after that, consecutive nights uh, without this violence. And unfortunately, we're just not seeing that yet. Well, before we wrap up, let's talk about Wisconsin very briefly. I know the Trump administration had said uh, reportedly that the Democrat governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, turned down federal help there to quell riots that have sprung up in Kenosha. What is happening there and what is your perspective on all of that? Kenosha is now three nights in and there does seem to be a willingness to uh, not mirror Portland. 
Um, for example, the uh, Kenosha um, board sent a letter to the governor asking that the, he permit the National Guard to come in. There seems to be conflicting information right now about the National Guard going into Wisconsin, but at least there's a willingness for additional law enforcement to come in and to restore order. Um, one difference here, however, now, given last night's uh, shootings, I'm anticipating that those on the left are going to start blaming so-called vigilantes for the violence and for death, which would give cover to Black Lives Matter and Antifa and these other groups that have been committing this violence night after night after night in Portland and elsewhere. But the bottom line is people want to be safe. They don't want their businesses burned to the ground. And if the leaders did their number one job of protecting citizens and property, none of this would be happening. Well, Laura, what would you say to state and local leaders in places like Portland and Kenosha and even others where they might be faced with violence and they may be in a in a city or an area where law enforcement uh, has seen maybe a decrease in funding? What would you say to them as they try to um, do right by the people of their cities? To ask for more help. If they don't have enough police due to budgets, bring in the National Guard seek help uh, from other law enforcement so that they can maintain law and order. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us and giving us an update on what's happening in Portland and elsewhere. We appreciate having you. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.